This, 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 this is mythical. Ear Biscuits is supported by Apartments.com. And if you're looking for an apartment, you know, there's you should get in touch with what it is that you can get most excited about. Maybe that's an apartment with a balcony mm. or windows that face a sunset. Oh, I mean, if you're really gonna get into thinking about it because you are gonna live there. Hardwood floors in the kitchen maybe. Mm. Well, apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place with powerful search tools to help find a rental listing that checks all your specific unique boxes. They have powerful tools like amenity filters to make sure your possible future home has all the amenities you need like in-unit washer dryer, air conditioning, dishwasher, balcony. Oh, did you say balcony? Did you say elevator? Some oh. people love a good elevator. Or save searches. You can favor the listings that stood out to you so that you can revisit them and won't lose what could be an amazing future home. I, I like the idea of like one of those things that's usually on top of a barn that says what direction the wind's blowing. Oh, a wind uh, thing, thing. With a rooster. Yeah. Yeah. That. Visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, I'm Rhett. And I'm Link. This week at the round table of dim lighting, man, we're gonna look back at our year, the year that was 2019, and we have each independently ranked our top 10, ten. moments, uh, most meaningful moments slash experiences slash ha- happenings. I, uh, I would like to year. refrain from using the term meaningful because okay. I'm gonna go with, uh, meaningful is a part of it, but I'm gonna go with memorable because it was the 10 that I could remember. Oh. Um, and so I have a feeling there that may be more either while you're sharing your top 10 or vice versa or just later, I'll be <laughs> like, oh yeah, I, that should have made my top 10. So I, I don't like to make anything definitive or comprehensive because I am a, I'm a human uh, prone to error so, and it, faulty memory recall. It sounds like you're Edging? Uh, yeah, well, it sounds like you're almost pre-apologizing that for someone that you will have forgotten to be grateful for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I'm not really doing that, but that's probably my instinct. And also, I feel like the order is pretty. Yeah, it's difficult. Uh, like the ordering was difficult. I don't know. Arbitrary? I, it's not arbitrary. Know, but, yeah. There's a general rhyme or reason yeah. as to why I put them in this order, but. If I start thinking about it a whole lot more, they'll start switching around and yeah, who knows what'll happen. I, I, I am very grateful that we did this last year. So we did the 2019, ver- no, 2018 version. Mm-hmm. Last and year now was 2018. Now we're about to do the 2019 version. Um, Usually every year they go about one number of the years. It was a rewarding experience having this conversation last year. I anticipate that this will be a rewarding experience because putting this list together was rewarding for me because it, it forced me to do something that, it actually takes a lot of work. Like I went back through my photos and to jog my memory. I went back through my, my notes that I had taken, like my Evernote journal. And I actually looked at, well, my, I looked I, at my calendar. I, re- I, did, I really I tried to be calendar, but I, I did think that, man, if I took a lot of pictures of something, like that, which we've discussed, that is definitely if anything's the thing. worth remembering. Again, I, I have don't, at least one picture of it. I don't this even. This is a good reason. I don't even like to think about it too much because I think one of the th- stressing about one it. of the themes that. Well, no, actually, this is a this is a theme that kind of I uncovered as I as I thought through this. 
is that, man, it's like the vast majority of the experience that you have with a particular moment in your life will be in the memory of that moment, right? So yeah. the by far, right? Because something happens and it happens one time, but you can one remember night, it. But you will reaccess that memory for for the rest of your life, hopefully, if it's if it's good. And it just strikes me as man, it really is. It really is about the memory. Um, but yeah. the memories that you. For me, the thing that I kind of realized is like that this year, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm not even gonna say it. It has about, it's about being in the moment, and it's like I started realizing that I was sometimes and I wasn't sometimes. Okay. And I think that contributed to my order. Well, let's, uh, but we let's should get, get into, into it because we got 10. We're you, also you doing this with no headphones, uh, for those of you listening. And I don't like it. If we're talking in a different volume, I knew you would hate it. I, I don't, I knew you would hate it. I feel like I like the way it feels, but I'm, I'm, again, I'm giving it a good shot. I think I have a theory as to why you like it, but I'm not gonna say what it is because you know it's not about that. Seems like, uh, yeah, it's a, it's like you're looking down your nose at me, man. No, I feel like if you have What's on headphones, you feel like you're in a little bit more control and you feel a little bit less in control. I'm with floating, that. I'm in space. <laughs> and that's, that's difficult What's for you. your number 10 uh, most memorable moment of 2019? Um, after many years of not being able to do this, I was able to put on a fireworks show on July 4th in North Carolina. Uh, and as I've discussed before, this was a big part of my July 4th celebrations in the past. I nearly killed uh, my brother-in-law one time and also a random teen girl. Uh, I set a field on fire and required a, a, a friend to come out of nowhere with a fire extinguisher. You know, I've. These are all in the past. I've but almost put myself in the Freelance Fireworks Hall of Fame several times, but uh, and then coming out to North to California, you can't do fireworks because the whole place is a, is just tender, ready to go up in flames at any moment. So going back to North Carolina, on the beach, uh, on a dock in the Sound, and to, and to have my father in law send someone to buy a crap ton of very illegal fireworks. Um, to just put on a patriotic display of awesomeness for my family, uh, and to be able to do it with my with my kids for the first time, put them in a little danger as well because they don't get to be very in a lot of danger here in the very safe Southern California. So that was cool. That was cool. It was really cool. Cool makes it to number ten on your list. And you talked about this in a previous ear biscuit. So, uh, and I'm actually curious as we go through our list, how many of the things that made our top 10 have have we already shared on Ear Biscuits? And if so, that makes me feel good because it means that like the most meaningful things in our lives we're already sharing with you. There's very little, if any, that I haven't shared. Spoiler um, alert. Yeah, my number 10 is way back in January and I, I believe we devoted an entire episode to talking about my Spartan race and, ah, yes. and our like our our most uh, historic physical accomplishments, achievements, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it, so from a from a physical accomplishment standpoint, I I always got I, it was a peak for me. Ever since then, I've just been living in the in the in the shadow of of my. Of what a specimen I was! <laughs> I've never. You I, didn't do another one. I 
There was I, a lot of talk about doing more. I think you even had the little metal that was just a piece of a metal and well, you have to do three in a year to get this like super metal. Yeah. I, I, I'm gonna well, sign up. You still got a couple weeks. You know what? I'm I've decided that I'm gonna sign up for another some another race, something something or other. And um you know, just to gear up my training. It really really makes a difference. It's not it's it's about the journey. It's not just about the destination, which by the way, was at the finish line, completely intact, but only by a thread. I, but I, I I think about it a lot. <laughs> I think about it a lot. It was yeah. A, you think about it more than you did it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I only did it once. I think about it all the time. Yeah. I need to do it more. You better often. do the right thing so you can think about the right things. That's the moral of the story. What's your What's your number nine? I, some of these later, like once we get to the top of the list, I think I'm going to want to unpack some of these more, especially since that was the whole episode. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Right. Now. Go back and listen to that episode uh, if number, you want to. Number nine for me. Uh, was throwing out the first pitch at the Dodgers game. Oh, that didn't, that was not on my list. Um, but it was cool, I was there for that. I, I also I, uh, I put this on the list, not because in the, again, in the moment, I wasn't like, I'm having the time of my life, this is a childhood dream come true, because it's not really. Throwing out a first pitch is something that I imagined might happen at some point, but it wasn't something that I look forward to, but, it's pretty cool that we got to do it, and it's yeah, and, and um, so that's why I put it on the list because it seems like it should be on the list. I mean, you, you, I, I'm not gonna say you you weren't nervous, you weren't anxious. There's a word that I can't come up with that you were more than me about that. I could tell that like, and maybe it's more that like, the sportsmanshipness that of yourself that's I don't really have. Yeah, so I, I could I, I could tell. It was, I got a real kick out of it, but I could tell it meant more to you. Well, it's like maybe the equivalent is, you know, when I had the opportunity to, um, a couple years ago with Locke and this father-son three-point contest thing that I think I talked about that yeah. we get to do in this basketball league. It's like, you present me with an opportunity to do something, to display my abilities. I take it very seriously, and I actually was, pretty damn disappointed in my performance. My pitch basically bounced and I'm gonna blame it on my bum shoulder, but I, you know, I just was, I actually was kind of disappointed in myself, which is, I, I realized I'm literally the only person on earth who's disappointed in me. No one cares about it. Yeah. No one in the, no one I was, in the stands. I was proud of us because no our, one, our, the flights of our balls was in total unison yeah, yeah, and yeah. they crisscrossed. Hey, yours might have hit the dirt a little bit, but that's not for me to say. Um, but it was a special. It was a special moment, and it and it kind of you know, it's a it's one of those moments that you can be like, all right, we've done we've done enough for someone to think that we should throw out the pitch at a baseball game. Yeah, at a at a major league baseball game, and they went on to not go to the World Series. Right, that was your fault. It's not our fault. Maybe your fault. Mine didn't hit the dirt. Mine hit the mitt. You know what? I think it was your. I think your catcher was just more. Uh, I think he just reached further. My number nine is um, my Thailand trip. Are you surprised that's not higher on my list? That's not your number nine. Yeah, it's my number nine. Here, I don't know. Um, it's it's weird. Now I'm gonna talk about why it wasn't that great of a trip or something. It was a really great trip. It was a very ambitious trip. Um, and it, w it was very special. 
but compared to the other things on my list, it was just, it was a very ambitious and well-executed vacation. But it kind in my mind, it's it just kind of was, and I mean, it was a privilege to be able to travel that far and to see so many places and, um, to me, the big takeaway was that as a family, we did it. It felt like an accomplishment. And I don't mean in like, oh, we, you know, we traveled. I guess I kind of do. I, we mobilized as the Neals. We executed this, 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 this trip and we made it out alive. Ex- executed the trip. It's a, it's a strange <laughs> way to think about it. Is that how you think about things? It was, a, it was also very stressful. I think that's, that's the thing that pushes it down because it was ambitious. It was, it was stressful for me. Like I'm, I'm still coming to grips with um, how I can really enjoy an ambitious trip with lots of moving parks. Moved around to three different places, saw a bunch of ruins, made a lot of great memories. But I think in the, in the grand scheme of things and in the scheme of my list, I don't think it, it changed me as much as the other things on my list, including other trips that I took. And I, that's how I evaluated it. We had a really good time. Our, our, our view of the world was expanded. I, I think that it baked something into the kids that I didn't have as a kid, which was not just an internet awareness of how big the world is, but a physical awareness. And I, I think that's really valuable. So I'll add that to the list. It's on the list. I mean, I'm not saying I didn't have a good time. I thought it would have been higher myself. Okay, yeah, because uh, I'm not gonna, I mean my. It's my number nine. My big trip, it's a lot higher up on my list. Okay. That's all I'll say. But you, okay, but your trip was also, it It had this built, it had this, well, uh, not, so many layers of meaning. We'll get into family. it. Family, I mean you'll get into it. Yeah, you'll get into it. Uh, What's your number uh, eight? Um, my number eight, now first of all, this is another thing that I started thinking when I was putting together my list. So, so much of, of this is trips. Right. Uh, which I think, because this next one is my Mexico trip with uh, Jesse that happened earlier in the year, the one where I took the infamous watermelon suit portrait. Oh. Uh, that blew, completely blew up Instagram. I mean, Instagram hasn't been the same since I put on that matching short sleeve shirt and shorts bathing suit. I think you're I think you're conflating it with when I put on that <laughs> and watermelon it was, and ensemble. And it was way too big for in you. my backyard and relaunched my Instagram, which should have made my list. That must that's my number 11. You can't do that. No. My number 11 was I relaunched my Instagram. But I I did think that uh, it. Again, I don't know why I'm struggling th- with the way that I'm processing this and I think it's simply it's like if I didn't take pictures of something, I didn't really, re- I mean there's things on this list that don't have anything to do with an event that I could have taken a picture at, but it was like going back through my photos, I was like, oh yeah, we went to Mexico really earlier in the year, it was Jesse and I had to get some time away, just the two of us, which is something that we don't get to do enough of, and we had a really good time with each other. Um, and so. And then of course I did I, I did that particular thing of having that portrait made, which was just a goofy moment. It was her idea to, you know, get me this ridiculous suit and then to take and we created this moment that became this fun thing that we could talk about. But that, that decision kind of 
it created, it memorialized a trip that otherwise might would have just been like a really good trip, like me going to Thailand. <laughs> well, but the thing that it, I'm it, trying to figure out is, and this is why my number one is my number one, right? It, because it is the, it is the moment that um, I feel like was definitely worth a picture, but it was the moment in which I was most present and everything seemed, like there was like a moment of realization. Like we talk about this a lot. We had a whole chapter in our book, uh, Book of Mythicality about it, stopping and celebrating, which I'm really bad about doing because I am always moving on to the next thing. And so. Um, More of a go and accomplish. Very rarely am I like, regardless of how well something is going or how awesome it is, very rarely am I like present in that moment. And this is common with most people. It's very difficult to be present. Um, but that's why I put my number one and my number one because it was uh, this confluence of this is an incredible moment, it's meaningful, but you're fully experiencing it. But what Almost being overwhelmed by it. Whereas a lot of these things, like that trip with Jesse, when I think about it, the only thing that really connects with me is the fact that I took that picture. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, yeah, we had, we had good times and good conversation and stuff, but it's like, it seems very vague and I don't remember like being, being as yeah. present and like being like, this is so cool. Like we're at this awesome resort in Mexico and the weather's perfect and like we're together and like let's take a mental picture of where we're at. So for me more than anything, I'm actually looking through this list and thinking about how I want to approach 2020. Yeah, a bit of and a bit of a frustration. More present. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I re- I had forgotten that Christy and I also went down to Cabo for like a long weekend. I was like, and I was like, you know, we should we should do that again. That was like right before Valentine's Day, right before uh, I we we flew home, and then I turned around like the next day, and we flew to London to do to go to VidCon London, mm-hmm. and I, so and then we were in VidCon. London for uh, Valentine's Day, so I remember we were we were not with our wives, and I was we were bummed about that. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I had without looking at the picture, I'd kind of forgotten that I had taken a little Mexico getaway myself, and it was very special. It didn't make my list. It didn't make your list. Didn't make my list. Wow, it's a uh, tough list to make. Um, what number am I at? I'm at number. You're doing eight. I'm at number eight, and I want to save it until after the break because we got to we got to we got to do some promotions. And this is a this is an interesting one that I got to unpack. Okay, so Link will be back with number eight. Ear biscuits is supported by Mountain Dew. We all get bogged down with the mundane tasks of life, especially this time of year. But isn't it time you take a break from your normal, boring routine? Don't just sit on the sidelines and watch life go by. Get in the game with the bold tropical lime flavor of Mountain Dew Baja Blast. You can be having a blast anywhere. Having a blast at work. Having a blast in traffic. Okay. Having a blast while you file your taxes. What? No, really, we mean it when we say anywhere. With Baja Blast now in stores everywhere where you can be having a blast whenever and wherever you are all year long. 
So what are you waiting for? Pick up an ice cold Baja Blast today at a store near you. And for a limited time, with every purchase of Baja Blast in stores and at participating Taco Bell locations, you can collect coins for a chance to get Baja gear or a Taco Bell deal. This swag is available for a limited time only, so do not wait. Grab a Baja Blast and start having a blast right away. No purchase necessary. Open to U.S. residents 18 and over, subject to official rules at BajaBlast.com. Ends June 15th, 2024, void where prohibited. Ear Biscuits is supported by the Farmer's Dog. Dogs will eat basically anything you put in front of them. And if you're Barbara, you will like <laughs> seek it out off of tables, counters. That, that woman is crazy, <laughs> uh, that woman being my dog. Uh, so it's important to be putting the right kind of food in their bowls. Right, and when you care about your dogs as much as we care about ours, you know, a thoughtful approach to what goes in those bowls Makes sense. Yes, the farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. Just tell them about your dog and they'll deliver personalized vet developed recipes for as little as $2 a day. The meals arrive pre-portioned and in ready to serve packs delivered on your schedule. Millions of meals have been ordered across the country. We've been partnering with the Farmer's Dog for a few years now and they really are as good as they say. It really has never been easier to invest in your dog's health with fresh food. Get 50% off your first box of fresh healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash ear. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV. Like an adventure-ready RAV4, available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof you can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So, visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. 
Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. All right, so now it's time to get into my number eight. Now, last year we we both turned 40, am I right? No. I turned. I'm 42. You're 42, I'm 41. Yeah, I turned 41 this year. You turned 42. <laughs> last year I turned 40. Yes. And that was a big one for me, but not for you because you were already 41. I figured it out. <laughs> but this year I turned 41, you turned 42. Hold on, don't tell me you turning 40 made your 2018 list. <laughs> <laughs> your 20, it made your 2018 list, not your 2019 list. Yeah, yeah, yeah it did, <laughs> no. But it's 2019. My birthday this year did not make my list. Yeah, I don't even remember what I did for my birthday. Well don't say that because my number eight is your birthday. <laughs> Freaking. But seriously, look, my number eight, Rhett's birthday. Oh, oh, now, I was. Oh, now, yeah. Hold on, don't, don't you? No, yeah, the day. Yeah, man. I was talking about the night, the party, when we watched so you horror forgot, movies. You forgot the part that was meaningful enough to me to be my number eight, and apparently isn't on your list. But okay, whatever. I don't think about myself like that. Okay, I'm very remember, selfless. Remember at the beginning when you felt like you were wronging somebody by forgetting something. <laughs> Well, that some, uh, somebody is me. It happened already, in number eight. I knew I'd get you with this one, I'm just giving you a hard time, but yeah, uh, my number eight is on is your birthday, because that day, we, we had the day to just hang out, the two of us, and it was just, we were like, we're gonna, we're gonna go get some lunch, we're gonna go see a movie, and then that evening, more of your friends, and my friends are gonna come over and we're gonna watch another scary movie, you're gonna have your scary movie night. Mm -hmm. But the fact that we made plans for your birthday for the whole day turned out to be a kick-ass special day. Right. Um, it was, you had your first bite of a McRib? Well, we went and we, you know, okay, let's think about the McRib thing. So you wanted to get a McRib, it's your birthday. I'm like, yeah, let's go get a McRib and we're on the way to the McRib and we're like turning it into an Instagram story. Mm -hmm. And it it was one of those it was one of those times where it was like I felt like we were having so much fun that we just decided, hey, we're having so much fun, let's share it on an Instagram story. As opposed to, you know what, we should it's my birthday, we should really make an Instagram story. I felt like it was it very much was that vibe. And it was it was just a lot. You of fun. believed your own hype. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's good. Yeah. So we, I, you know, I didn't like the McRib, but uh, that was it was fun to not like the McRib on your birthday, right? And then to and then to watch the movie, but and I, you know, I I, I think you'll agree, even though I'm not going to go into details, but I think it that. That day of us hanging out was was the spark for for idea ideas that we had later, that then will will lead to things that uh, 
I, I think it, it planted a seed that will lead to things that we're gonna be doing. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, and I think that for, for, you know, we get so busy being professional friends and I think it was, honestly it was a year ago when we had a, a conversation that was like, you know, we work so hard, it's, it, are we really preserving time to just cultivate our friendship, you know? Mm -hmm. That was almost a year ago now when we were having these private discussions, right? Right. Or I can think of one specific discussion that we had. Um, and then I, I think that your birthday, many months later, 11, almost 12 months later after that conversation, for me was a great fulfillment of that conversation we had that's like, hey, our our friendship is important. And it's not something that can just be second to what, we just can't ride on the coattails of whatever we're creating is gonna buoy our friendship, absolutely. Right. Um, everything we do create does, I mean, it it, it does contribute in a, in a huge way to like the, the, the vibrance of our friendship, but it, it can't be, that can't be the only source of it, you know? Well, and I think and I that think, what, what we, uh, I think maybe this isn't, this isn't necessarily in contrast to what you're saying, but also realizing that um, there, there is, I'm trying to do this in a way that doesn't spoil what we're, what I know you're thinking about. Yeah. But there is a way for our friendship and our professional friendship uh, to inform one another more directly. Meaning that, uh, sure, we can do something stupid together that is primarily designed to do, to be a, an internet video and we're gonna have a good time. But that's just us deciding to do something that we think will get views. Whereas there is, there's a way to be like, actually the starting point is our friendship and then finding the content and the friendship versus finding the friendship and the content. I think what you're saying is that it's not easy to find the friendship and the content because it's it, it kind of it's starting in a, pl a place where this is work, and of course we're going to do it together and we're going to have a good time. Why well, I, I actually, but if you start with not, the friendship, um, and we'll I talk a we, lot about this at the top of the year in our first podcast. Yeah, so I think we can leave it at that. But I I just want to. Uh, memorialize as my number eight that it was just, and I think we we were kind of realizing it that day, you know, that you were like, we should do this more often, <laughs> you know, it was like, yeah, uh, it was it, it it was it was a pivotal it was a pivotal day in our friendship, yeah, and it was my number eight. Didn't make my list, <laughs> but. Uh... <laughs> Now I regret that it didn't. Okay, so you can put it at a half, and you know. Yeah, I'll, I'll add it later. I'll, the commemorative version of this. I'll put add it, add it right now. Where would you add it? Uh, maybe, I, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe one and a half. Maybe. Oh, you, oh, all the way at the top. Well, I mean, no, eight. I'm just saying. Put I, it, I'll make it eight. Well, you already have an eight. Okay, seven, seven and, and a half. half. Okay, so higher than mine. That's um, what I thought. But I will move to birthday? my to my seven. Another trip that I took. Uh, but this has a, there's a little bit of a different way into this one. So I talked a lot about this. I told a funny story about my Colorado ski trip. With, was it funny? With the uh, with the family. The where, thing in your boot. Where I left that 
dumbass ski goggle snow thing. <laughs> squeegee. Squeegee in my boot all day and thought my <laughs> foot was dying. <laughs> I had a great time with my kids. Uh, Jesse, of course, didn't really ski, so um, it was me and the boys having a good time for the entire week. Uh, and that was great, that family time. But you know the thing that I, I actually look back on that and realize that there was a breakthrough. There's two things on my list that represent breakthroughs for me. Oh, got a number seven breakthrough. And the thing that happened on that Colorado trip, and so you know I've struggled with back issues that have at times been debilitating. Um, and uh, what, And of course I have like my stretching routine and the stuff that I've done basically every morning for a couple of years now and basically I am completely reliant on doing this routine. But there's an aspect, there's a part of the routine that I used to only do on the weekends, right? Because it's time consuming. I have this lacrosse ball. Oh gosh, this is where it gets weird. And How uh, big is it? It's the size of a lacrosse ball. <laughs> Slightly smaller than a baseball, I would say. It's like a rubber ball. Um, and my physical therapist kind of showed me how you can put it up your... No, you can roll on it and roll your muscles out in the same way that you would with like a foam roller, but it's more of a trigger point sort of pinpoint thing and I kind of roll it all the way up my back, all the way on each side in between my shoulder blades. And So I know I've had lower back problems and that's been my most debilitating thing, but I also have middle back, mid back problems and I have upper back problems, right? Okay. All along my spine, which I probably have degenerative uh, disc disease. Um, I've got these issues and they, and when I have committed to doing something that's tr very like trying physically, like skiing for six days in a row, I always know that like, it's pretty, it's not unlikely Touch that, and go. I, that I could get hurt and then this whole trip's ruined. So every single morning in Colorado, I got up and I did my routine, but I added the, the like the trigger point thing. And I like was super precise in everything that I did and took a lot of time and took about 20, 25 minutes to do this routine every single morning. And I had an incredible time and my back never hurt once. And then when I got back home, I was like. Gotta keep doing I it. gotta keep doing this. Oh yeah? Every day since that trip. You've every been doing morning, it ball? I've done the full routine. The McLaughlin method. And it has transformed my life. You hit a new level, I didn't know this, you hit a new level? I work out a few times a week, probably about five times a week now. But I was working out two, three times a week at that point and a lot of times I would have to call my trainer, I'd wake up, I'd be like, I can't do it. Can't go in, it would be unwise to lift weights today um, because my back would be screwed up. And sometimes it would take a week or two to recover and it was just really difficult to get into a rhythm. Ever since that ski trip, when, I, when I'm paying this close attention to my back, I've been able to go in for both of my workouts that are scheduled with my trainer and then an additional three, sometimes four days going in and I've kinda gotten addicted to like the ball. staying active. Oh. Um, and who knows what'll happen, right? It is touch and go. But like, I'm, I'm doing the squats, man. I'm doing deadlift. I'm like doing like legit things to strengthen every muscle in my body mm. without this fear that would be associated with all this stuff back when, basically the last 15, 20 years of my life. You wanna do a Spartan race? 
I, you know what? When you were doing the Spartan race almost a year ago, I was like, I started thinking, I, I, I'd like to do that, but I don't know if I could take it, but I kind of feel like I could take it now. I kind of mm. feel like I'm in a place where I could physically take it. So I'm open to it. Hmm. Okay, I just meant that metaphorically. I mean, I was, I'll, I was hoping to find I'll race a, against you. Oh, I was hoping to find like another training partner because it's like there's I want to do too much overlap. Is not healthy for Blondina. Blondine. Oh, Blondine's with me, man. Okay, Blondine's with me. Good for you and your balls. Yeah, right. I I do have I have actually there's I've got balls everywhere. I got a ball in my backpack. I got a ball on my bedside table. I got a ball in my suitcase. Who who who, who showed balls you? everywhere. Who who showed you the the, the, the ball technique? Jose Yvonne, my Yvonne? my uh, physical therapist who was very instrumental in all this. Huh? Shout out to Yvonne. Yeah, shout out to her. You should write her a note. I thought about it. Thought about just mailing her a ball with no note. You could write on the ball. Yeah. You could pro you could mail a ball. You really can't. You can cute. mail a ball? Yeah, just put a stamp on it. You can mail a lacrosse ball, just write on the ball. Okay, I think. I'll take it under advisement. My number seven is, uh, okay, I, I pulled a little chicanery here. My number seven has two parts. Um, Cause I, th this was for, this was a Lando moment and then my Lincoln moment was floating around and it was like, it fell off my list and I'm like, Whoa, uh -oh. I can't have my Lando moment because I got another Lily moment coming later. Um, so I'm like, shoot, I gotta, so I I, I got a Lincoln and Lando. Don't tell him this. Yeah, I won't. I won't. Don't right. tell him he fell off the list. He didn't fall off the list because they're both at number seven. My number seven, um, A, is this was the year that Lincoln and I started mountain biking together. Like I gave him my mountain bike and I bought a new mountain bike. Cause I'm not gonna buy him a new mountain bike. Right, yeah, I can't do that. When I already, you know, I can just give him mine and get a new one. I needed one that was a little bigger anyway. Um, Cause you've grown. That's been a special thing. Uh, over the, this has been the year of us taking some, some, some mountain biking journeys together. That's been very special. And then 7B is this is also the year of me and Lando having special bedtime moment. Like, might wanna clarify that. <laughs> uh, I tuck Lando in the bed every night and then like I'll tuck him into the, under the sheets and like pull the covers up to his chin and then like I got in this habit of then like I would then plop down and lay down on the bed beside him on top of the covers and just like talk to him for a few minutes. I don't know if I shared this on your biscuits but I would just talk to him and I would just get a kick out of hearing from him. I remember, I think I did share on Ear Biscuits where it was like after the episode of GMM where Shepard kicked me in the balls and then we had the whole conversation about like that led to am I acting on the show or am I really oh, yeah, being yeah, sincere? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that was one example of many of the conversations should have made the list. we've had um, when I'm just tucking him in. It's just a, it could be five minutes, it could be 15 minutes of us just having a, a conversation, sometimes whatever he wants to talk about. But the thing that really got me was, I started to notice when it got close to bedtime, he would be like, he kinda tapped me on the on the elbow and he'd like give me a look and nod his head. Like, it's time for me to go to bed so, so I can hang out just with dad. Mm -hmm. And I realized for him how special it was. Cause for me, I, I thought it was special, but as a parent, you're looking for those moments of 
acknowledgement that what you feel like is special, they also feel like is special. And it's really rare because kids just go through life not knowing what's special. Then they remember it's special when they get older. Yeah, so for him to start to treasure that and to value that and wanna go to bed a little bit earlier so we have that time to talk was just, this is the year that that happened. And you know, um, with every day, kids change and they're, at a certain point he's gonna, you know, he's gonna boot me out and say, Dad, you don't have to tuck me in at all. What are you doing? Maybe, I don't know. Well, at some point you should probably voluntarily yeah. excise yourself. Like, like when, he's, when he's 18. Like when he's married. Yeah, right. And he's settled down yeah. with, in a home of when his he's own. In, when he's an adult. Uh, but but this is the year of that, and um, so for both of those things, that's 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 easily my number seven. Well, I I, uh, I gave each one of my kids their own line. I didn't combine my kids into one. Right. Uh, I didn't want to do that to them. <laughs> uh, but I, but I, and I also put them higher on my list. So I, so I, <laughs> I get some of my kids come back. I, I'll get to that in a second. Um, but for now, this is more about me. Um, number six <laughs> is. Uh, as I've shared extensively and in an entire podcast, um, clarity in therapy. I think my number one last year may have been therapy. I don't can't remember. I, I, therapy was really high on my list last year because that was the year that I started or I just started at the, mm-hmm. at the end of 2017. Um, I'm in much more of a rhythm uh, with my therapy but also it's kind of like, the only thing I feel like I've really done is I've just sort of peeled back layers and seen everything that I need to deal with. I don't know how much progress I've made with anything, but I've just become aware of the progress that needs to take place. Mm-hmm. Um, but the clarity the clarity that led to me making the decision to turn into a, a homeless slash Jesus person uh, in terms of my hairstyle, um, that I explained in in that episode that happened this year. So recognizing that I'm always in my head, that I'm always intellectualizing things and not stopping to feel things, um, that became kind of crystallized this year. I'm still in the very early baby steps of actually making progress about it. But I think that I kind of there wasn't like this one moment, but there was just sort of this general realization this year of like, I kinda understand what I'm trying to accomplish. I'm beginning to understand what is the work that I'm trying to, to do in therapy. Cause it takes a really long time to get to that point. Can you like, articulate that or is that just for you? Well, no, I mean, no, I think it's just what I talked about on the podcast, it's about. Um, okay. It's, I mean, the oversimplification of it is understand is basically feeling. It's not that I don't feel. It's that as soon as I begin to feel, I intellectualize and I deflect those feelings into rational thought, as opposed to being like, no, no, I'm going to actually feel this. I'm going to feel where it is. I'm going to experience this. I'm going to learn to communicate this. I'm going to be able to communicate this in my relationships, um, and beginning to understand what that might look like. But there's a lot of unwinding and sort of deprogramming that is required. So, you know, one of the things that I noticed from uh, all the touring we did this year with the meet and greets is that once once the momentum of you mentioning therapy uh, on the podcast started to accumulate, 
I noticed that people would say to you in the meet and greet line, they want they thank you for being open about therapy and many people were saying that they that they started going to therapy for the first time at, and and you had a big role in that. You know, so that was really encouraging to me. So I, I guess to to put the uh to pound the pavement a little bit, what's the how did how did you how did you feel about that? Um you know, I actually I don't know if pound the pavement is the right thing. I don't think it is, but I told um I told my therapist about I think I can't remember when it was, but it was it maybe in been that summer tour and I was like, Hey, mm. I wanna let you know that I had more than a few people come up and say that, you know, they were they were happy that I had been so uh, open about therapy and kind of removed the stigma a little bit for them and now they were going to therapy and it was helpful or whatever. And my therapist started crying. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then again, after we get we got back from this most recent tour, I was like, man, I just wanna let you know, people keep saying it. I like, I, I'd say in a meet and greet line of 100 people or whatever, there's three or four people who will, who will mention this and mm -hmm. he started crying again. <laughs> He's like, that means so much. That means so much. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah. That that was. It was very special because I think that I definitely thought that therapy was for people who had some diagnosable mental condition. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I've really. Um, well, in one sense, I think we we all have some sort of something diagnosable, but I think it's. Well, just, I didn't want to say that because it was going to seem like I was cutting on you, but uh, yeah, I think you but, definitely but, do. But I but I think that um, yeah, it's just the way that I see it, and and now understanding that there's so many people. Basically, I know everybody's not in a position to af to afford it or have the time for it or whatever, but um, it's just this like it's as essential as going to the doctor for a physical and. Um, which would you give up first, the lacrosse ball or therapy? Mm, I thankfully don't have to make that choice. <laughs> you can combine the two, save a little time. I think if I didn't have the lacrosse ball, then maybe the problems would become insurmountable um, and therapy would just wouldn't put a dent in them. Hmm. Like but, a, you're talking like Pavlov's hierarchy of needs? Yeah, I just situation. would be miserable. Yeah, but so, I I've got some clarity, and uh, you know who knows what's going to happen in 2020. I mean, I will say my hair and my beard will continue to be longer, and don't make any commitments. It's already because you don't have to. It's really just, just take it day to day. I you am already a little bit tired, tired of it, but okay. you know, well, okay. But I'm I'm not gonna I'm not stopping anytime soon. Listen, it's not admitting defeat to get a haircut or a beard trim. I'm not gonna do it's, it. There's no judgment from me. I I'm not gonna say anything. I'm not gonna say ha. I have not reached my final form yet. You know what? Do, I, do whatever you want to do. And I also have not experienced what I think are. I have not actualized. You're not ugly enough. Okay. <laughs> you got to get uglier. Well, that's gonna happen. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? If you, no, I'm just saying that I'm not, I'm not gonna cut it anytime soon. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! It hasn't Again. accomplished its purpose yet, and I have nothing to say about it. <laughs> okay, what's your number? Or whatever. I. You know what? I. I will say though. I do have something to say about it. <laughs> uh, I I don't have a therapist. Twenty nineteen. Twenty twenty is about. <laughs> Twenty nineteen is has been the year for me to continually say that I'm going to 
find a therapist. Right. And it hasn't happened. So, but I'm I'm very much in favor of it. So I'm I've got a couple of names. And I'm try- yeah, so I'm trying to oh, find really? I, yeah, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to find somebody. I'm not your guy. Cuz I just don't think that's that yeah, would we not some, be a good idea. Some separation, right? Right. Um, but I will take a recommendation, so you should ask. I have asked. Did you tell me? Uh, he 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 doesn't have a recommendation. He got this look, and he was like, "Man, okay, I really feel like I got to get somebody really good." Oh yeah, get him. Don't let him. And that was the that was where we left it. Ask him again. Okay, he didn't want to. He didn't want to give you somebody that wasn't good. I kind of want someone who's not good though. What, who wants someone who, I want, you know what I want, I'm looking for a therapist who's not really good. <laughs> no, I'm not. All right, tell me, give me a good one. All right, I, I did. What, what, number, what number am I on? I'm on number six. Um, number six for me is uh, the London trip that Christy and I took with Lily for her 16th birthday mm-hmm. to the land of, Harry Potter, that really is what it seemed like. We did so much Harry Potter stuff, and again, I talked about it in a whole episode, um, but it's one of those things that I think, again, it, it was a great trip, but it was special because it was it was just the three of us, you know, and it, we may never go on a trip just the three of us again. So I will, I'll always remember that. Like, I can remember a lot of the specifics, which I've already talked about, but. Um, so I won't go into it, but I'm so grateful that um, that that we did that um, with all of these things. We talk about these trips and all this stuff. I'm so grateful that we have the means to go on so many freaking trips and and do so many things. It's like um, I, I almost feel guilty, you know, the way it's like. Well, you know, when I went to Thailand, that only made it not to number nine. You know, it's like we're. <laughs> We're so hashtag blessed, um, but you know, I'll just leave it at that. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna apologize. I'm gonna be grateful, and I'm very grateful for that, for that London trip. That's my number six. Um, my number five uh, is also related to my oldest child. Um, so Locke and I have a thing we like to do together. We like to watch horror movies, and this year. You know, I for the past couple of years I've felt a little bit guilty about watching horror movies with him because he was like 13, <laughs> 14. But now he's 15. He's a man, you know. At this point, you can't really screw him up. And um so we watched Hereditary together, which I'm for, not going to see that. For the final like 45 minutes of that movie, we were just curled up on a couch like holding one another. <laughs> and um We've watched many horror movies together, and we've kind of like found our thing. We're like very, we're very similar, and sometimes our similarities can create some tension. Um, but we've kind of found that like this is something that we both like to do, and it, it and it is exclusive to us because Jesse's not into it, and Shepard like has to be in his bedroom with the door on and music door closed and music on in order to be able to, like, he's not interested in any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Even though he's got a dark sense of humor, he does not want to experience anything directly dark in a in a movie. So it's kind of our thing, because I don't really have any, I don't, you know, other than my friends that I coerce into watching horror movies with me uh, yeah. on my birthday, I don't have people who want to watch horror movies with me. So that's been a special point of connection for us that 
I'm like, okay, we got a lot of horror movies to watch in the next two and a half years while he's still here. It's nice to have things that you both enjoy, you know, and especially if they initiate. Like Lincoln talks to me about like the latest hip hop release because he's into that. Lily, the other night, I was talking. I was talking last week about waiting up for Lily for her to get home, and when she got home, we we spent like forty five minutes going through the memes that she had pinned on her Pinterest account because I was just like, you have to explain this to me, like. Just the kind, we're both into the same comedy. Um, but that's not my number five. My number five, um, th- this, th- this is a tough one. Um, this was, uh, again, I devoted an entire episode, I believe, to talking about this, so I don't have to rehash all the details, but when mom and my not stepdad or, uh, uh, father-in-law, Lewis, showed up and then he was immediately transported to the hospital where he almost died. Mm-hmm. Was, I mean, that's something that I will never forget for all the reasons that I articulated. And then um, last week I filled you in on how Lewis went back home and for the rest of the year he, he continued to, to struggle to, to, to regain his footing, literally, as well as figuratively. Um, so it was like, I mean, that was a big moment. I feel like I feel like I changed as a person. You know, I feel like there was a lot that I took away in terms of empathy and care. Um, I was a, a large part of my relationship with my mom was defined by her having to care for Lewis for the rest of the year. We would talk multiple times a week just to get an update, and I would help her think through. You know, you. You get kind of in this fog when you're caring for somebody and you haven't, you, they haven't been at home for like months and months, and they're having they're they're on the verge of death, and you're trying to figure out how to interact with the doctors and how to be proactive and to be their main advocate. So that I, she's bouncing a lot of this off of me, and it so it it really defined our relationship. We've never talked that much on the phone since I since I moved out, and it was very difficult, but it was also very meaningful and I don't think if 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 we hadn't have gone through together in person what happened with Lewis here, I don't know that I would have been able to have the level of empathy to connect with her over the phone to, I, I would have, I think I would have been at a total loss if I just heard mom calls me up and says, you know, Lewis had a stroke, he's he's not doing well at all, and then she's just giving me updates. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The fact that I I went through that, Christian and I went through that with her really changed and expanded my ability to, to be there as much as I could. And it was still very frustrating because it was just over the phone until I saw them in July for that week we were in Bowie's Creek and then uh, over Thanksgiving break. But so that, that that's my number five. That was uh, something I will never forget and I'm so grateful that he's he's on the road to recovery, um, and he is back at home now, um, getting getting all types of therapy at home to get back on his feet. You're at number four. My number four is my other child. I it, it was, you know, I didn't want to put one in front of the other, but you did. Uh, I put two of mine on the same. I didn't line. want to violate the rules of our little yeah. arrangement here and put both of them on the same line. Uh, but also, I I, I put Shep my experience with Shep higher because I think that my relationship with Shepard 
uh, actually had the most significant change hmm. this year. Um, Shep and I, I think we realized some things about each other this year. Uh, we we spent a lot of time together for a number of you know logistical reasons like I, you know <laughs> needing to take him to school or like Jesse's like I got to go do this thing and you know there was a he 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 ended up transferring out of the school school that he was in uh, and then Jesse actually homeschooled him for a couple of months at the end of last year before he got into this new school and that was not an easy decision. No. That was and, a big decision. And so, and he's like great right now. I mean, he's doing better than he's ever done. Um, but there was, when he was being homeschooled, of course, there was some days where it's like, you gotta take Shep to school, to, to, to work with you, because Jesse had to go do something. Or, um, And so we ended up spending a lot of time together, and we did, th I think I talked about, you know, we went to, the we would go to like parks together, and we like went around trying to find that Fibonacci, Spiral, yeah, and um, and then I think a lot of that kind of culminated in this the, the trip that we took to Joshua Tree, uh, that I talked about. I talked about taking the trip, that I was going to take the trip, but then I didn't tell you about the trip. I think I just put all the pictures from the trip on my Instagram and said that I would. Uh, but we had an incredible time when we went to Joshua Tree. Went to Joshua Tree, camped at the same spot where I had camped a couple years before, and took the same selfie, went to Salvation Mountain, went to uh, Slab City, went to the Salton Sea together. Um, and Shep and I have, like we are on the, com the exact same wavelength when it comes to the way we experience music as an example. Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, I, I've gotten this, I've got this insight now into like, okay, I know that Shep is gonna like this. And like, so I'll be like, hey Shep, I got a, I got a new artist. I want you to check out, and it'll be like Roy Orbison. <laughs> Not exactly a new artist. And he loves it? Shepard will be in his room going to bed singing Roy Orbison. Like he's playing Roy, he's playing Pretty Woman, <laughs> and Dreams, and he, and he, he, like, and I can see, I know when he's gonna like something. Mm -hmm. So I start playing Roy Orbison, and he gets this look on his face like, what is this? Mm. And he just loves it, and so, and then we kind of experience movies in the same way. Like I'm a I'm a crier at movies. Shep is the same way, and I kind of know the moments that he's going to be crying because it's the moments that I'm going to be crying. Um, but we, while we're going down the road, going a lot of traveling involved in this trip to Joshua Tree, we started listening to the podcast that was my wreck last week. Dolly Parton's America. I was kind of like, eh, you know, okay, he's he's eleven. I mm -hmm. is he? He was enthralled. Really. He and and so we have sort of like like I said, it's not that like Locke wouldn't be into those things in the same way, but especially Shepard at such a young age, like finding that like we connect with the same stories and 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 music in in that way. Um. We've, you know, we're it, it's you. You find those things that you can kind of, you can kind of bond over, mm. um, and especially with and, the and music. Because I think about the music that like my parents kind of introduced to me that kind of like formed the way that I th yeah. see the world in a lot of ways. You know, but it's it's. 
it's kind of like what I was saying. It's, it, it, it's cool to like the same things, but I also think you, you're describing something even deeper and that's really understanding who our kids are as people. You know, I think it, it would always feel a little foreign to me. I don't know if, if, if you feel this way, like I always felt like Christy really understood the kids. I mean, from a young age, she I always felt like she totally understood who they were as people. It was like she could see the future and see who they were gonna become. And I mean, she was so, she was so involved in so many, if not all aspects of their lives because you know, they did homeschooling. Didn't you get that sense from Jesse too that like in a way that I just didn't understand, I just don't, I didn't have that deep knowledge of my kids in the way that Christy did at a younger age and I feel like what we're both describing is something that in, on our list this year is being able to really understand them as as people, as fellow humans, not just as 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 kids, but you know, understanding yeah, what that. makes them tick and like how they're how, how, what 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 resonates with their hearts, kind of thing. Well, and I think a big part of it is um, we you know we talk. I can't remember exactly how we worded this, but we talked about it in the book of Mythicality about you find you f- finding something that you both like in the way that that engenders this this connection. Yeah, because just just like I get this. And if you get this in the same way that I get it, and you're, it's like if you're seeing the color green the same way that I'm seeing the color green, mm-hmm. uh, which by the way is everyone, that's how the eyes work. But um, it's like if you get it and I get it, we get each other. And it's sort of that triangle that forms between a common interest and two people. And I think that our kids are just getting to an age where that's maybe more, more likely to happen. And I don't know, you know, if our, the, the way that our wives have connected with the kids is just, there's like a, it's from a different angle that allow, allowed them to connect in an earlier point well, I or think something. It's, 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 a, it's a maternal. It, well, I think it might of? be maternal, but it's also just a function of how much time that yeah. they have spent with them and they've, they've literally schooled them. You right. Know? So it might be like that we're just, we're only willing to do things we really like to do. So when they can finally do stuff like mountain bike with us, then they can come along and we can have that sense of connection. Maybe there's a little bit of that, but I don't. Well, know, I mean, I don't want to overanalyze pain. it, but I do. I do think that. Um, I do think it's important to find those things that you can you can do together and appreciate together. I mean, that's the way to. It's what friendships are made of. Um, my number. Let's see. My number three will bring us back to that. But my number four um, moment is our first Bleak Creek Conversation show in October. Um, we were in Boston. This was when this our- This is my number two, but- Oh, really? It's, but it's- It's your number two? Well, I put Bleak Creek, all things Bleak Creek, and I have like three pieces of that. Yeah, there's three pieces. There's the Bleak Creek Conversations tour, there's the novel itself coming out, and then there's the fact that we went to Bowie's yeah, Creek Bowie's for- Creek trip. We did like the the docu-follow series where we like went back to our to Bowie's Creek. Yeah, I put that um, in number two. So the moment that sticks out to me is when we were, we were on stage, and this was the first time in Boston that we did this, um, 
and we projected the, the our trip to Bowie's Creek behind us. So we had the privilege of the, the the vantage point of being on stage and watching and hearing everyone's response to our trip back to Bowie's Creek. And it was the you know the novel we worked so hard on, we were so excited about it was coming out. Um, the next day, they already had a copy right there in their seats. Um, they're reacting to us going back to Bowie's Creek. And the reaction was so thrilling to me. It was unlike, I mean, we've had a lot of really special experiences on tour, on stage, uh, especially over this year. I feel like we've grown so much as performers in a way that we never could if we hadn't toured so much and, and done the three different shows that we did. Mm-hmm. But this that moment stands out because we were just there as spectators and they were reacting and then what you know when it gets to the final one and we're like talking about renewing our blood oath and then the lights come up and we shake hands on stage and we say you know what this right now this book and what we're doing the oath is fulfilled you know it's a, it's a tangible fulfillment of the oath and everybody just started cheering you remember that moment? Yeah. So that's the moment for me that's the culmination of the work of the novel, this, us going to Bowie's Creek and how special that was, maybe deserving its own, I don't know. I could have emphasized that more on my list, but it, it's it's all in there. I, yeah, and that first show, you know, it's interesting because I feel like the the process of writing the novel, there was never a real moment just because of the way a novel comes together and then there's the iterative process of editing and all the steps that lead up to the book coming out. There's no point that you can, there's nothing you can point to that really is a definitive moment in which you're like, oh, we wrote a book. Right, um, right. And then there was the trip to Bowie's Creek which was really awesome in and of itself uh, especially like the swimming in the river, you know, I kind of re- I, I remember kind of being being somewhat present for that, but it was really the whole package of that coming together that night and seeing it in the context of the community of mythical beasts. Uh, to me, that was the definitive moment as well. Was that show was like seeing them respond to it, and I was kind of for the first time watching it. We had watched all the pieces of it, but like seeing it together in context where we're talking about the book and it's right lined up with the day that the book, the next day the book is coming out. Yeah, it just felt like this is a, this is the way to do it. You know, we even said that when we were touring, yeah. it was like, if, you know, there's many reasons that we did the, we, we did the, the tour. Obviously one of them is, well, we want, we're trying to sell more books. I mean, you know, yeah. but I think that, uh, that being the initial reason, and be like, okay, this is a great way to, to to sell more books. It became way bigger than that. Oh yeah, in the in the in that it was like the connection with who we are, and like this book being this perfect expression of who we are personally, but what we're trying to accomplish professionally, and then being able to do that in the context of community in this package uh, of this film. Yeah, that was a special moment. That's why it was number two for me. <laughs> so and. So, and what are you, are you singling out a part of it, making it your number two? Uh, no, I mean, I, I I said going to the river during the trip was very special, but no, it's really, I, I think that Boston show, that first show was, because, you know, 
and quite honestly, even though they were all very special shows, by the time, even the second show, even the, the, the New York show, the, the we weren't worth surprised by any reactions because we, it, you know, you know, the points when people are going. There's laugh nothing or like cheer. that first time that you're, yeah. especially when you're you're showing a film, basically. Right. right. It's different than a concert. But being, I mean, the actual being in Bowie's Creek part of it, I'm glad that you put it at number two, and I'm glad that you couched it that way because, and I kind of wish I did because it was very. Um. It was very special being there, like literally being in the river, like that moment. I think because we had crossed, we had searched for the tree, and then we, when we were coming back across, we were like, "Do we have time to just swim for a minute?" Mm-hmm. And like they were like, "Well, we got to keep moving. You know, we got to. We're gonna go. We got a lot of other stuff we need to film." But we're like, "We gotta. We got a couple of minutes, you know." And they still filmed it, which is part of the thing. But that was more of like, "This is us just doing what we did." Just because we we want to do it, we've come this far to come back. Right. That is a that is a big moment. Um. When we when we jumped in the water hole. So is it? It should be your go. So now it's, three. it's my number three. Okay. Um. So my number three is my Scotland trip. Uh. You know, I did the week in Scotland with my with all the McLaughlins. That kind of culminated in my mom breaking her ankle, at the Lachlan Castle. Uh, and then later realizing that I'm Irish. Uh, <laughs> That's, I mean, that has got to go down. I mean, I said it then, I'll say it again now. It's like, the, I mean, that's a big, I think that's the biggest moment <laughs> it, uh, on Air Biscuits, that moment where you said that. That was <laughs> ridiculous. Um, but you, you, you know, the reason this one is, is, is very high on the list is probably obvious in that it was, you know, this was something that um, I thought about a lot. I was like, one day I got, I'm gonna take, you know, I'm gonna take my family to their ancestral land, which really isn't their ancestral land. So, well, let me clarify. We are gonna do, we are gonna do a follow up. I don't know if it's gonna be a full podcast. We have gotten more information about this. You've and you've got information as well, but you haven't analyzed any of your information. Right. It isn't that I'm not Scottish, okay? It's kind of difficult to differentiate between Scottish and Irish. But you kind I kind of want it to be that you're not Scottish because no, now But I'm definitely more Irish than you Scottish. You can get, Yeah, you can now you need I can to do, do the it same all thing again in, in Ireland, yeah. So, you're freaking you're freaking number 2 on your list. You have a baked in number 3. Other number Okay, number 3. You got a baked in number 3 years from now. Just do it again. I don't know if my mom will travel with me anymore. Because you broke her ankle. Yeah. But you know, it's interesting because. uh, Remember that? When my mom did the lie detector thing with your mom over a year ago. Yeah. And in that video, she basically said, I I wish you would call me more. And then I started calling her more. I don't know if I caught, if I haven't kept up with every two weeks like she asked me to, but Mm -hmm. it was, it's more, it's more than, than it was, it's significantly more than it was before that. And um, you know, we continued to talk quite a bit leading up to that trip. And then, of course, when she broke her ankle, we were in even more regular contact. Uh, and she's she's uh, she's actually had a couple other medical issues this year, nothing like super serious, but stuff that's kind of trying and annoying. Uh, but her ankle is basically better. Um, that's great. But so. And from her perspective, you know, she, she sees it as a as a blessing that it happened, in the way her kind of her community came around her, and um, 
It actually led to her discovering some other things that she needed to, to, to take care of that she's dealing with. But um, yeah, you know, we just, that, that group, the, all the McLaughlins have never really, we definitely never traveled together, but haven't spent a lot of time together. So there was, you know, my brother and my dad and I being able to play golf at St. Andrews. That was a, like a really special day. That may, that may be like one of the coolest parts of that whole trip. Um, but there was a lot of those like moments of us being like go, doing falconry together and then going to the castle right up until the moment when my mom broke her ankle. It was beautiful, it was perfect. Um, but then after she did break her ankle, like us kind of coming together and having to figure out, well, what, what are we gonna do now? How are we gonna handle this problem? Um, so it was, it was definitely one of the most memorable trips of my life and probably the last time that that group, I mean, you know, now yeah. we've got my oldest nephew is gonna, he's gonna be in college next year. So it's probably the last time that we'll, just that group will be together for that period of time doing something like that. Um, yeah, so I think it, um, I do think that it, you know, it was one of the reasons that kind of the communication and just the nature of my relationship with my family it continues to evolve. Uh, like you kind of hinted at earlier, you know, on, on, the, on, the, on the Thanksgiving podcast, on the last podcast, just the nature of like, it, it's different now that we're out here and this, the, the level of involvement, right. and like you being able to be with with your mom and Lewis when that happened and it kind of changed the dynamic and the way that you talk to them. Yeah. I feel like being there, being together for that length of time and then being there when mom encountered, encountered that problem, it's kind of changed the nature of our dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, in a way that I think wasn't really the case. Like once you, once you're, once you, you, you're, you're on the other side of the country, even though you can just pick up a phone and talk at any time, because you're not in each other's lives, it does change the nature of your right of your relationship. And that's your number three. That's my number three. Oh wow! Because my number two is what I already covered, which is my Bleak Creek. Okay. Stuff. Okay, got it. And then my so my number three um, is uh, the summer tour where Lily and Lincoln were able to come along for the ride. Literally riding on the bus, sleeping there at night. You know, helping. Roll up posters. I think, at least technically, they helped out a little bit. Um, but it was it, 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 when we toured after that. I remember being backstage, and I I would just miss them not being there. You know, I that's why I would like get on video chat and talk to them. You know, when we were backstage, because it was it was special to have them there and. Uh, for for them to be invested in something that was that their dad was working on was really cool, and for them to think it was cool enough to you know, um, Lily Lily talks a lot about how it's like you know I really I really I really loved going on tour I missed that and then Gary was like you've got the you've got the tour bug, <laughs> uh, but they both um, I I like to think that it's one of those things that would make their you know their top ten list of the year that they, and I could I could you know again it's meaningful when you can tell that it's meaningful to them, so it was, it, it was a lot of fun to to travel with them that way and to treat them more as part of the crew than my kids. So I think it helped 
change the way that we interact and the way that they see me and the things that they'll choose to talk to me about and the way that they'll talk to me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I remember the specific conversations that that we would be having that then they would feel much more comfortable interjecting and like the way that you and the kids would get into it with each other, something that was very special to me because I could tell that they, they kind of rose to the occasion of being treated more as as adults and part of the crew. So um, that was special and that was my number three. Which brings you to your number one. So should I share my number two? Sure. To save your number one? Yeah. Okay, to even it out, I'll give my number two, which was um, performing at the Ryman in Nashville. Well, that was my number one. Oh, <laughs> well, that's perfect. Okay, so I still haven't, uh, mine, uh, number one, but okay. Well, I, I'll let you take the lead on it since it was your number one. We've talked about how meaningful it was uh, being to go to the hallowed grounds of country music, place where Merle had performed, and then to perform the two Merle songs that we ended up covering and then putting on the record for the Mythical Society. That was just, it was a perfect show in a lot of ways, right? I mean. As I mean, we've had really good crowds, and all the crowds are really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes you get a, just a really special, engaged crowd. Um, I think they could, and, they could tell how special it was to us, and it it was like it was like they were sharing something that they knew was so meaningful to us. Yeah, and it's just in you know venues are different, and that and that place is. It's it's special not just because of the history, but literally the the physicality of the Ryman, the acoustics, the fact that you can hear everything that everyone says and does, and it just feels like you're all, it's all the every all the energy is focused right there into the middle. Um, and I the thing the reason it was number one for me uh, is because when we were performing those Merle songs. And many times that night, I had this really overwhelming sense that uh, I actually remember thinking of like, it doesn't get any better than this. While it's happening, you're you're yeah, thinking yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, from like a dream come true standpoint of performing, doing the thing that doing the thing that we're you know we do. A, Performance for us is could be a one of many different things, right? Yeah, we we try, we do a lot of different things, but doing the concert, it's like okay, this is us at what, for lack of a better word, our professional peak, right? Doing what it is that we love to do with each other for this audience that's completely engaged in this place, and then it just hit me as like, and you know what, you're really enjoying it right now, like you're really taking it in. In a way that, like, I I just don't do. I mean, a lot of these things on yeah. the list may be more ultimately meaningful or impactful because they're they're to do with my kids or my wife or you know my my family back in North Carolina. But it was really difficult to narrow those down to one in, one particular moment where it felt like everything just sort of came together in this weird almost mystic cosmic moment. And that, I mean, we've had some great moments on stage where it was like, okay, this yeah. ridiculous bit becomes something that you yeah. could never have written, but it just happened and now it's a special 
moment in time just for those people who came to that show and it'll never happen like that again. Right. But that was the one that I felt like I was fully present for. Yeah, I remember looking at you and then when we were when we were singing the Merle songs with Britain, like looking at Britain too, it's just like having, especially when he had the guitar solo, cause it was like, I didn't have to do anything. Yeah, I mean, you had to keep strumming along, but like, it was that was a that was a very easy moment to like, okay, there's no pressure of performance for me. I'm like I can, I was looking I was looking at how much fun you were having. He was into it. It's like you just uh, that's the moment where I was really savoring and taking it in, and w- we talked about it on stage and like it, it, that it became the us experiencing it became the experience for the audience, so like they became a part of it and it was just a cycle of energy. Yeah, it's it's weird because it's like, it's the one moment I can point to on here where I can actually remember what it felt like. Yeah. Whereas everything else I can kind of remember what happened and how it makes me feel now. But I can almost like transport myself back to that moment, I was like, I, it registered. I was like, oh this is, this moment is hitting me right now. Whereas typically you're doing something like camping with your kid or whatever and you're like, this whole thing is awesome and I'm having a great time and this yeah. moment where we're listening to this podcast and I'm realizing that this is a good thing and we're bonding, et cetera. But it really is the sort of taking it and distilling it later as a memory and that, but it was like, no, it was in the moment. Yeah. And it really only happened, it's the one I can point to. It's the one time I can I can point to that being the case. Well. And I, th- I mean, when you talk about the ther- you know, when you talk about therapy and like being able to get more in touch with your feelings, I do think that's an aspect of it. I, you know, I, I, I feel like there were. I think so. I feel like there are moments throughout the list when I can, I can reaccess the, the feelings I had and feel a, a bit emotional about a number of these things on the list. But, um, yeah, that I mean, that was a special one, and it's cool because, it, you know, people talk about when you. T- any talk about country music or like uh, performance venues, it's like it pops up, you know? Watch the Ken Burns documentary on country music and it's, all, it's so much of it is about the rhyme and it's like, wow, I performed on that stage. You know, it's yeah. like, it, it, it comes out of the woodwork a lot so it re, it's, it's a, there's always an occasion to be grateful that we were on that stage again, which is really cool. Yeah, um, yeah so that's, that, I mean, that that was that was a number one worthy experience for me. Uh, but if I'm going to get to my number one, th- this one's uh, this one's uh, related to Christy. This is uh, a milestone that she experienced that for me was just uh, vicariously through her. Um, so a little backstory. I'm trying to remember how much of this I've shared on the podcast. I think I've only shared I've shared the fact that like Christy has. She suffers from post-concussion syndrome. Um, so it's basically she has daily symptoms, um, invisible symptoms uh, that originated over three years ago when she was walking into uh, the grocery store and she stepped up on a curb and just that simple step up, um, she hit her head, the very top of her head on a tree limb that, um, then she sustained a concussion. She was never knocked out, she never lost consciousness, but she sat back down in the car and gathered herself, um, ultimately went to the emergency room and got 
got checked out and certified as okay, but that she did sustain a concussion and that needed to watch it. A couple of weeks later, um, which turns out is common with concussions, that there was like, a, she took a nosedive metaphorically, I mean in terms of her symptoms, got a whole lot worse after two weeks. And then um, lo and behold, fast forward three years later, she still has, like I said, symptoms every single day of what she calls brain fog, where it's like um, like your head is floating, you have trouble concentrating, she's had a lot of issues uh, with balance and it's just, dramatically impacted her moment by moment quality of life. Um, and it's one of those things that it probably took, it took over a year to come to grips with the fact that she has this condition, this catch all label where you really don't know what's going on within the the mystery of the brain and there's no, nothing you can do to just fix it. You know, there's lots of things you can try and she was trying all types of things, um, but she uh, she went on a friend of ours podcast, and I think that's that may have been the first time that I mentioned any of this was when, as a recommendation, I said you should listen to the Ask Science Mike podcast, episode one eighty, called "Living with Brain Injury" with Christy Neal. So if you want to look that up, she, in her own words shares her entire story. I think that was in, that was the middle of the year that, so up into that point, you, you get her story. So again, I recommend that you listen to that. Um, if you know someone who's sustained a brain injury um, or you're, you are suffering from one, listen to Ask Science Mike, episode 180. Um, so she, you know, I, I was so proud of her in that moment where she was, able to share her story and redeem a lot of the pain that she's experienced over the years and hardship she's been through and being able to share the strength that she's found in the in the midst of such a difficult condition. Um, and the, res the response has been overwhelmingly positive and she, it, it was so, she was so encouraged, we were all very encouraged to hear everyone's response to it. Um, and then she was she's doing lots of things and going to see all types of doctors to try to, to continue to get better. And s slowly, very slowly over time, she would, she's seen gradual improvement. But um, I, have, I, I still have an innate sense if I go into a space that's really loud, I, I kinda know the decibel level with which Christy can't be there. You know that like she, she, there's too much sensory input, or I can look at her face and tell when, um, it it there's too much going on that she's having brain overload that she needs a break or that she needs to step away from the group that we're with. I'm sure you you know you and Jesse also have picked up on a lot of this that like, but at a certain point, it's the type of thing that you don't want to keep asking every day. How are you feeling? Because Every day, it's I feel I feel like I feel the same, or I feel horrible. I feel worse. There's never. It doesn't seem like there's ever many days where it's like I feel better, a little bit better. It's it's this trajectory that if you map it over three years, 
you realize I can do things that I, that I used to couldn't do. But there's never one day that you ask and it's like, well, that was amazing. I actually feel fine. It just didn't happen, it never happens. So at a certain point, you, st- you, know, you stop asking because you don't, you know, it almost, it feels like it makes it worse to ask when after years of the answer being some, uh, something negative that you're gonna get that again. So it, it's kind of sparing her having to articulate by asking and she doesn't wanna share and she puts on, she, she puts on the positive face and she, she goes on with her life because, um, because she's got the strength to do it. But then there's this, there's a silent, you know, there's a silent condition that's with her every second and it's not the type of, so, I mean that's, and, and then we went, when we went to Thailand and honestly I think one of the reasons why uh, the Thailand trip in retrospect is like lower on my list, just to kind of make a little sense of that, is the fact that um, it, it was difficult for her um, when her symptoms kind of flared up, especially when we got back. So from when we got back from Thailand for weeks, it was like, it felt like she had taken a lot of steps back. Like she was feeling horrible every single day. Um, Again, there's no, you can't point to any one thing, but it's like there's, maybe it's the time change. Maybe it's all, all the heat that we endured there. It's like, you really don't know. But she was just doing worse. Um, And it, but it kind of led her um, to redouble her efforts to find other things that she could try in order to to experience some relief. Um, it was very discouraging when after after two and a half years or more, things are getting worse. You feel like instead of better. Um, but it's a, it's a tremendous credit to her that she that she started going to new places and 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 changing her regimen. One of the things that uh, became a part of her regimen was getting in a hyperbaric chamber where you pr- they they put you under four four psi um, and you stay in there for like an hour. They said do it like forty hours and then we'll see how you're doing. You do forty more hours in this tank, and um, w- the science says that when you're when you're put under that amount of pressure, it um, it increases the the oxygen concentration in your blood and basically enhances healing of whatever the case, of whatever needs healing. Right. Um, a lot of athletes use it, a lot of people who like burn injuries, all types of injuries. Um, so that was a drastic thing. I, you know, I went on eBay and found a used one and, and bought it to put in our bedroom so she could get into that thing because with such a hectic lifestyle, like traveling halfway across LA to get in one and and, pay a fee to get in there, it just made more sense to get one. And I'm not gonna say that is the thing that made her start to feel better solely, because there were other things that were changed as well, but, um, and again, she didn't talk about this on Ask Science Mike because we didn't have it yet. Right. So this was after, the, that was before the Thailand trip. But anyway, I, I we do think it was a major contributor to her starting to feel better over the last mm, month or so, to a couple of months. And so my number one um, thing on my list is when we were wrapping up the tour, 
I can't I I I can't remember if I texted her to first, but you know I got her on the phone, and she said, I I did ask how are you doing because it's not like I never asked, it's just hard to ask, and she was like, I felt great today, and then. The next day, she was like, I feel great today. Then the next day, she didn't feel as great. But there were two days in a row where she said, I felt normal. Like, it was for the first time in three years, she felt normal. And it was, you know, I'm I'm getting emotional just talking about it because, I mean, my, ironically, my number one thing of the year is something I wasn't even there for. You know, I was, you know, wrapping up the tour um, a couple of weeks ago. But it, it it's it's been a difficult year in the sense that f- feeling so hopeless to to do anything to help her, and also uh, to help mom. You know, it's like the second half of the year. It's, it's, I just find myself in the position of being someone who's very close to a lot of hurt. Hmm. And it's, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's been difficult. So it was, it was, it was great to see Lewis back at home over Thanksgiving. And it was really great to, to get Christy on video chat and to see her face and to tell that I could see it on her face for the first time in three years that she felt good uh and it 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 gave us hope that yeah you know what yesterday she had a migraine she doesn't get migraines like and then today she's like i still feel horrible i feel like i have a hangover from having this migraine which you know i I, again we don't know why and it's but we we have we can look to these two days and say there was, there was, there was this milestone, you know. We can, we can, we can cling to that and say, somehow we got there, and you know, let's add some more days to that. Let's keep, let's keep moving forward. Um, so, to me, um, that's the because it 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 obviously d- defines her life, and it it spills over to my life and the kids and I mean everybody that is close to her but uh, just to be able to see just to be able to see her have relief is uh, was huge so uh that that was my number one well thanks for sharing that <laughs> yeah it's uh i and i i think even even talking about it like again i'm i'm to go back to the beginning of this i'm i'm grateful that uh that we have this exercise where we can stop and say well, let's let's try to remember let's try to remember the things that we've been through to to be grateful and to know how things impact who we are as people and to be grateful that we have so many opportunities to have so much fun and to to have so much so many things that are rewarding um and even the negative things, like what happened to your mom, or what Chrissy's been going through, or uh, all of those type of things, shape shape us into who we are. And it's it's not just what life throws at us, but it's how we respond to it. 
And uh, yeah, I think um, you know, I, I think that the the idea. I mean, it's almost cliche at this point to talk about like being in the moment and being present. Um, but I feel like thinking through these these moments and and the things that were the most the most memorable, the most meaningful throughout the year in realizing that um, there were a number of them that as they were happening, it wasn't regist- registering. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I don't really know what can be done about that, you know, and to, to, to some degree it's like, I you it, 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 at some point you might be a little bit, of, it, it might be difficult to deal with if you're just like, every single time you're experiencing something, you like get, get quiet and you, and everybody tries to talk to you like you know, I'm. I'm yeah. experiencing the moment right now. Then <laughs> you just be a weirdo. Uh, but I do think that there there is maybe some, that's okay. There is something to. There's just something to having an awareness. You know, uh, to use an overused term, to have a mindfulness about what it is that's happening to you. Uh, and, and if you can, and processing it, or it. And, well, I won't say or. I'll say and reflecting on it, you know? That's why I'm grateful for this because it gives us an occasion to look at the whole year and reflect on it and say, that that was a, that was a, that moment was even more pivotal than I realized or, or had the capacity to realize. You know, there's the moments, I think you're talking about the things like being on stage at the rhyme and it's like, yeah, if you just pause for a second, we would know, and we did, that it was, it, it was, it was kind of, career defining for us. It was it was so meaningful to us. But then there's some things that blindside you and then you're just reacting or you're going you're doing the best you can. Um but then taking the time to reflect and process and say what 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 did I what did I take away from this? And for me, I'm glad so many of these things on our list almost everything what was captured in this podcast i think this i think ear biscuits is first and foremost it's for us for that reason you know and uh then secondarily it's for you to take from it whatever you'd like and i th- i think that's why i i i cherish it so much because it it institutionalizes reflection as a, as a part of uh, as a part of our lives, and we can always do more of it, and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be on, uh, on mic. Well, and I do think it's the one you know, um, we get to do, we get to we get to live our dream, we get to do what we want to do, right? Uh, and that kind of applies to every single aspect of of our professional lives. It's like we're making this the decision to be like. Okay, today we're going to we are going to eat the these particular testicles of this particular animal. <laughs> like we're making that choice, right? And loving every minute of it. Uh, but I would say almost everything that we do can easily become work, right? It's like, hmm. oh, this yeah. has become work. Um, but I think since we changed the way that we approach this podcast. I mean, I'll be honest with you. When it was an interview with somebody, it was work for me. Yeah, um, it wasn't that we didn't have meaningful conversations with people, but it was like, I, you know, I'm performing right now. I've got to 
got to do this research. You got to understand what you're who you're talking to and ask these questions. But now this is just we're just a conversation. And it is the one thing that we do that feels the least like a job. Um and I do think it's therapeutic. Until you go to real therapy, this can be your therapy. <laughs> and I'm not I don't think that's healthy. I'm not licensed. I'll say yeah, that right now. I'm, we won't, so I'm we just, won't go that far. I'm just a dude who needs therapy, who's been to bi-weekly, and I don't mean twice a week, I mean every two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> therapy for a couple of years, but I'm not I'm not licensed, so. You know what, that's the final frontier, man. What? You, you and you're in therapy. Oh. <laughs> Think about when we're both in therapy, what oh, that's gonna man. be like, man. Yeah, we should, that'll be good. That'll be, well, we'll talk, I, I, I'll keep you posted, but. You know, um, thank you for listening. Uh, hashtag Ear Biscuits, let us know, uh, I don't know, let, it, let us know what, what struck you, what you thought about these these things that we shared. This, 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 this Ear Biscuit was a little bit longer, but hey, we're taking a Just break. a bit longer. Two weeks? Two weeks, we'll be back on January 6th. Two, two weeks, so. Yeah, and you know, thank you for, to, to those of you, I'm not saying that you don't all get it, but when I was talking earlier about getting something, you know, like me and Shepard get this thing, we get each other. Many of you have made it very clear, both when we've met you in person, but also via the online devices, such as the Twitter and whatnot, uh, have made it very clear to us that you get what we're doing here uh, on your biscuits and recognize um, that it is special to us. I'm not saying from like an artistic standpoint, like this is, this is like an award-winning podcast, but I think what you do understand is that it is le legitimately just us kind of having a conversation about life. Yeah. Um, as it happens. And you know, and you, and let, thank you, we appreciate you appreciating that. It means a lot because we like having these conversations, but we can't do it without you because um, I mean, we yes, could talk. We could. we could no. We could talk. I'm saying we could just talk to each other. Yeah, but we wouldn't record it <laughs> and have it being produced into something unless you had a, you know, you had an, the inclination to enjoy it. So, thanks for being there for us in another year, 2019. You did it. We did. We it. We did it. We did it together. Let's do 2020 together. Okay. Do you want to close the year on a wreck, or do you want to skip over that? Because I mean, there's a lot of pressure on My this wreck? being a really good wreck because it's going to yeah, live out there for weird. a couple of weeks. If it's a bad wreck, you might as well keep it to yourself. I, 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 I'm going to close with a wreck. Okay, all right, here we go. Uh, I recommend this album. You know, it's like no. Uh, I recommend that you. It, it, it took discipline to prepare for this. It took some time. You know, I didn't want to do it. At a certain point, I was like, oh gosh, this is, seems like work. I'm like looking through my photos, but I'm actually thinking. I'm like racking my brain to like remember things that happen. I recommend doing it. Um, uh, we, we've said all the reasons why. So if you're, if you're on the fence, just carve out some time, 30 minutes. Just like look back through your photo reel, your journals, your, your calendar. Um, That's a good idea. Be one of those people that like some, People they write, kids do it. they write the family newsletter and then they send it out to everybody. That I knew people who used to do that. Right. I don't know any people currently who do that. I, but, but do it, do it for yeah, yourself. You know what? And then I, I, I just like a, make a list. A family dinner and, and share it with your people. I think 
Again, my kids, are, my kids are going to hate it. They're going to hate, gonna it. hate it. They're going to be like, Dad, this is so dumb. Start, maybe start with top four. Gonna, be door, top four there, things. There's going to be doors slammed. There's, there's all kinds of stuff going to go down. But I'm going to tell my kids, my wife will definitely be into this, that you got to come up. I'm just going to say, everybody's got to come up with their top three moments of 2019. And we're all going to share. And one of them has to do with your dad. At least one. Right. All three well, could. Maybe two. Two out maybe of three. Maybe two. Two out of three have to be about dad. But... <laughs> Three, yeah, but, this is a good idea. Yeah. This is like, and then you have this awesome family dinner at Chuck E. Cheese. No, no, at you, home. No, home. You need to be at home. Yeah, you need to be at home. You need to be at home. Hashtag Year Biscuits. You know what? Enjoy the rest of your year. Good luck with that if you want to do it, and uh, we'll see you in twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Whew. Whew.